0: Well, good morning, Community Church. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning as we get ready to honor our King, our Lord, our amazing Creator, who loves us so much, and we have the opportunity right now to come into the house of God and to give glory to His name. Can we do that this morning? Can we give glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Come on, just raise your hands right now with me, right? Let's just raise our hands. Let's get fixated on the Lord. Let's begin to say we love you, Lord. Have your way in this place today, Lord. We choose to honor you. We choose to worship you. We choose to give you our full attention because you are such an amazing, loving God. So, Father, have your way in this service. Have your way today. Holy Spirit, come into this place move in our lives we pray in jesus name let's honor him this morning let's give him all of our worship in jesus name
1: you know he is the god of miracles and a part of that means that he wants to bring miracles into your physical body and i know that there are physical needs here today and we we're going to do two one of two things i'm going to pray in a second and you can lay hands on yourself. But also I'm going to ask Tyson and maybe others that will want to come over here. And if you want hands laid on you in the prayer of faith, prayed over you, some of the elders are going to come right over here and we're going to pray for you. I know there are bodies that need restoration today. And he is the God of miracle, of the miracle. And he desires For you to be whole. And so I'm going to pray right now. And if you don't want to come here. But just want to right where you are. You feel you have faith. Lay your hand on the place where there's pain. Lay your hand on that part of your body. That needs something. I say Lord in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let healing come to everybody i say to sickness flee from this room flee from the flee from this room flee from this room i i pray right now infirmity chronic pain arthritis in jesus name Come under the name of Jesus. Come under the power of the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe? Let's sing it together. I believe. You know, there were so many people in the Bible who received a miracle not because God decided to do it but because they believed. And and I know we don't like that responsibility. We don't like to think that we're at fault one way or another. But Jesus said it very clearly and it, it's in Scripture very clearly that nothing's impossible to God and nothing's impossible to him who believes. Not just nothing's impossible to God, but nothing's impossible to, to him that believes. I mean, the, the implications are numerous. We could complain and wait and complain and wait and claim and proclaim and wait and hope and murmur and wave our hands and in self-pity and say, God, please come and do something about my situation." and something might happen at some point but God says, if you believe, everything that you ask for will be given to you. So, Father, we pray today that you would raise up a people of faith, people that believe you, that believe your promises, that believe what your word says, that believe what you told us. God, we want to lay hold of the promises. Father, I pray you. Break through, Lord, our lethargy, breakthrough through our inability to truly come to a, that place of honest reckoning. He is raising up a people that believe. Father. Well, listen, we're going to transition now But last night, I was with some folks, some really good folks, made us a really good meal. Wendy and I were over there. The most amazing chocolate cake I've had in years. My favorite cake, by the way. And, uh, but the parents of this lady were missionaries. And they were talking about the numbers of miracles that happened in their lives. It's amazing. I know another missionary who's out of this church, and he's written a book about the numbers of miracles that followed him as a missionary. And you know what? He's not, he's not one of the top 10 well-known Christian leaders in the earth. He's not even the top 10 hundred well-known in Canada. He's really somewhat obscure. There are hundreds and thousands of missionaries evangelists, preachers, itinerant workers across the globe who experience miracles. I mean, shocking miracles on a regular basis around the world. You know why? Because God is able and they believe. God is able and they believe. So I pray today, Father, that you would lift us up, that you would raise us up to a new threshold of faith that we begin to participate in that which you said you have provided. God, I pray.
0: In Jesus' name. You know that song we were singing, The House of Miracles. Can we come in line with that? We declare that right now. The House of Miracles in Jesus' name, right? And I believe He wants to do a couple right now. Right? I, I felt in my spirit that there's someone in this room you have backslidden. And the Lord has said today is the day to make that shift, to make that change. Whatever that battle is that's going on in your mind right now, the Lord is saying, I see you. I am crying out to you right now. This is that moment. That shift can take place right now. So if in your heart you have backslid, and I am telling you, he wants you, he loves you, he sees you. And it's simple. I choose to follow you, Lord. Lord. I just choose to push everything else to the side. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen. You now there's a second thing. We got the community table coming up this Friday. I want you to declare this with me. I am declaring over this community souls and salvation. Yeah. Souls and salvation. So I want you to declare with me souls in salvation. Souls in salvation. Souls and salvation. Souls in salvation. Yeah. We are declaring that over the community of Spruce Grove. I 100% believe right in this moment that it's on its way. It is here. It is upon us now if we will choose to walk through it. So, Lord God, we declare that in Jesus' name, souls and miracles in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Uh, today, listen, I, I'm excited. I, last week
1: and for a couple weeks now, it seems like the Lord has been opening A realm to us and sometimes we can spend the whole service and my my favorite thing to do is just to lean into the spirit and just go and I, I like every service to be let's just see how far we can go but every once in a while we need some orientation every once in a while we need a little bit of teaching every once in a while you know we need to get our ducks in a row and get a sense of okay help me organize this you know sometimes it seems so random this discipleship thing but I, I want to set out a few things that God is trying to do for us. And uh, can we do that today? Uh, I've entitled this this uh, message this, uh, Winning Power Encounters. Winning Power Encounters. Do you know that Jesus was a winner? You know, that didn't begin with Donald Trump. You know, I think... You know, I love. they used to talk about it. Donald Trump just keeps winning, you know. And uh, certainly he is, you know, he carries that persona. But Jesus did it even better. Let Let me just put that out there. Jesus was the greatest winner. In fact, he won so much that they couldn't even kill him. And the Bible says he had to lay his life down. Right? I mean, they couldn't successfully kill him. Not because they didn't try, not because there was an opportunity, but he just found a way of escape. You know, remember when they were in his hometown and he had preached in the temple, you know, shared that verse about him being the anointed one that came and they thought, blasphemy! And they tried to take him and throw him off the cliff, but it says he passed through their midst. I mean, what is he? Some kind of amazing linebacker? You know, what what, what is he, one of those, an NFL prospect that he could just, you know, did he just dart and run, you know, just suddenly, right? I mean, this wasn't natural skill that caused him to evade people that grabbed a hold of him, dragged him out of the temple, and were about to throw him off a cliff. This was a supernatural thing. There was a power encounter, and he won. You can win. And God is saying, listen, there's a way to win. And if you want to summarize the way that God is training you, he's training you to win. He's training you to come up above, to succeed, to, to overcome. <sighs> it's, a great, it's a great thought. It's a great thought. Now, I, don't wanna, I try not to get ahead of myself because there's so many exciting things to go to. I'm going to try and make this somewhat linear for those of you that like linear, because I know some do. right, Joel? Yeah. So there's a lot of people like linear. My, my wife's one of them. But uh, so we're going to try and do some linear things today. But let me, here's two scriptures here. If you, I know you're taking notes, so you might, you'll write these down. Yes, yes. <laughs> but these two scriptures show this: It's all about power. Everything in the kingdom of God is about power. The people that win are the people who manifest the power of God. And, you know, I could teach on this too. It's about manifesting that power. I mean, it's one thing to know God is the biggest and the strongest, but can you bring um, that power into a moment such that this moment is won? Right. Right? Elijah, Mount Carmel. He said he has this confrontation this power confrontation and the people are sitting they're going into apostasy they're serving Baal and he says he sa- he brings them to this moment they come to this moment and what are they winning are they are they, are they reasoning together you know here's the five good reasons why you should become uh, a follower of Yeshua or you know God he you know he he said he wasn't doing that was he? it was a power encounter because at the end of the day, it's not about logic. It's not about, you know, what are the benefits of following Baal? And what are the benefits of following uh, Jehovah? Right? What, 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 is the, what is the, prove it to me, win me over. It's not about winning you over. It's not about logic. It's not about making the, uh, you know, convincing you intellectually that it's better to follow and work, live your life this way. It's always about power encounters. Don't don't think of it in any other way. It always, there might be logic, there might be lines of thought, there might be a rationale that follows, but everything begins with a power encounter. Because the God of this world is blinding the minds. And, And so you cannot convince a blinded mind of something. You have to break through. So it's always about power encounters. So that's why the Apostle uh, Paul wrote this. He said uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. What? Does Paul not believe in persuasive words? Oh, no, no, no. He had, he had plenty of persuasive words, and there's always a moment for persuasive words, but he understood that wisdom... Intellect, rationale is not the heart of this matter. It's about power. And so he says, I didn't come with human wisdom, persuasive words, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith at the end of the day has to be in the God who. Sets men free in the God of miracles, in the God who encamps over the face of the earth and whose presence can hover over a broken heart and restore. I mean, at the end of the day, we are people that are not just materializing a a rationale that's true, that's wonderful, that's beautiful, that's correct theologically, socially, whatever, but there is a demonic encounter that precedes every breakthrough and that we have to overcome the enemy with something. Yeah. So uh, God is trying to get us to do that. And I, in a minute, I'm going to tell you why it's not working. It mm-hmm. hint, spoiler alert, it's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hallelujah. You know, all the people out there complaining, well, the church is this, the church is that. Okay, be better. Right? You show us the version of church that overwhelms and overcomes, that's head and shoulders above everybody else. Oh, man. There's a, there, there are people I, I know, I have friends who have forsaken the assembly of the church, and they've got four or five people gathered in a little home group somewhere in the dark of winter, spiritual winter, and they're waiting for it to be proven that they're more correct than everybody else. And I'm thinking, you know, start winning your community. Start, start bringing a presence of God that electrifies your city. Start raising the dead. Start walking in a love that is, that, is, that is consuming, that is inviting, that is invigorating, that is so higher than any other love we've ever seen, and then maybe we'll believe you. Right? All the church is this and that. man, I am so sick of that kind of talk. Go be better and show us." Anyway, a little side note. <laughs> First Corinthians 4:20, "For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power." Yeah. The kingdom of God always comes." with power. Are there words? Yes, there are words, but he's talking to a people who got so caught up in articulating the rationale in just the right way of saying just the right things. These people were political animals. They were highly intellectual, and they, they had won their their world by finessing everybody, by stroking, by saying the right things, by being charming by being complimentary when they didn't mean it, by, by oppressing people with their delicate, silver tongued words, and, 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 uh, and winning a political battle. Let me tell you, the church is rife with people who are trying to win with the finesse of their tongue. We need power. 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 Ah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. So God is uh, God is trying to get us to the place where we understand that this is a power encounter. But the second thing He wants us to understand is that every power encounter is winnable. You can win. That whatever everything necessary for life and godliness is in the pastor everything necessary for life and godliness is hidden in heaven and one day it's going to come down like an email somehow it's going to drop into your heart right it's just going to it's going to be god's divine mysterious deposit we're just waiting for it one day it's going to arrive he said he said peter said this he said everything necessary for life and godliness is provided is provided it's already here It's already available. It's already, get this, inside of you. He said the kingdom of God is in you. I mean, everything necessary to win the power encounters that you are presently losing is already inside of you. Wow. It's true. It's true. Now, (laughs) oh, it's, it's so hard for me not to just go for the jugular because the, the thing that I, I want to get to is, is why do we sometimes win and why do we sometimes lose? Why do we sometimes win and sometimes lose? Well, it's predicated, we need to understand power encounters and what they're what they're built on what is the what is the essence of this what is it that causes it? i mean we understand power encounters in terms of you know an arm wrestle Okay, two guys are going to face off, or a couple women these days, I guess, you know, women do this too, right? Again, they're going to arm wrestle, and the one with the, you know, strongest bicep, forearm, you know, the greatest technique, you know, we, these are the dynamics that make up arm wrestling, and so if we just strengthen the technique and strengthen, we know that essentially the power encounter is won by X, Y, and Z, right? This, the. Car race, right? Break it down to its fundamentals. Well, basically, you need to have traction. You need to have these components in your car. You need to be able to have this acceleration, da-da-da-da. The one who does these things the best wins. So every every encounter, every trial, every face-off is one, but it's determined by the nature of of the conflict at the moment, is this a bike race? Is this a arm wrestle? Is this a M- uh, or was it not MFA or is it, oh it is MFA? Is this an MFA fight? You know, wh- like what are the determining components that I need in order to win this thing? Well, Jesus is setting you up for victory. Yeah. At the very beginning of His ministry, He said, "Listen, the fundamentals to win a kingdom battle. I'm going to tell you what they are." Woo! Give it to me, Lord. Are you ready? Wouldn't you like to know? Ah, absolutely. This is what he says. Flesh is flesh. You want to know how to win kingdom battles? You want to know how to win power encounters with the kingdom of darkness? Whatsoever is flesh is flesh, and whatsoever is spirit is spirit well what does that have to do with winning a power encounter absolutely everything I just feel like calling out all your names because I I want so much for everybody to hear this because God hasn't ordained for you to win some and lose some God is not interested in you slaving your whole life long and you know Having a few victories, but wondering why the, the column of losses is escalating and seems to always be greater than the wind columns. And or, or even if the wind columns are greater than the losses, there's still a significant number of losses. When Jesus came and he won every encounter that such that even death could not bring him into the grave, but he had to say, okay, take me. What's the matter with us? Again, I want to erase that sort of gray zone that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm doing everything right, but still it seems to be God's will for me to lose. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, we need to get out of that mindset. Yeah. You know, that, that the kingdom is accidental. You know, that we're meant to stumble upon victory. No hockey team in, in, in the world has ever stumbled on victory. Right. Right? No no well-built house happened by accident. Right? Like what is this randomness we do as Christians, right? Oh, you know, mysterious God. Right? Like who knows? Yeah, hide behind that one and see if your wind column grows. <laughs> like there are real solutions. Ah, feel that right now. Real solutions. There are real solutions. The spirit of faith is hovering over you right now and saying, take it into your heart. There are real solutions for every power encounter that you face. Every battle is winnable. So what is he saying? Chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. This is some of my favorite verses. These, John, got he was a macro guy, and he got to the, to the heart of the matter. And this is why some of the things that he wrote about this encounter with the woman at the well and with Nicodemus, nobody else even talked about, none of the other apostles, because they didn't see it as essential as it was. But John who had the heart of God like the others didn't, who was the one that was so dear to Jesus because he, he, he opened himself up to receive the wisdom, the fundamental wisdom of the kingdom. He wrote about these things that nobody else did. I love that about him. And so this is what he says. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit, man. now I, I, I did a whole sermon just on this verse one time, and I think it was pretty good. <laughs> At least the other people that were there said it was good. it was I was in Chicago, and I remember going up to this post, and there was a post that they said, "Listen to this, they, they, me and this battle are going to have a post I, I mean me, me and this post are going to have a battle." <laughs> and I could run up to this, you know, and try to charge my way through this, but chances are the post is going to win. The very nature of this battle is I'm going to lose it because uh, I'm on the losing end. I don't have what it takes. If I'm going to compete with this natural thing right here, I have to do it with natural laws. If I'm going to confront it in this place, so this is what I did. I walked up to it, and I slapped it. And you know what? Here's the thing. When I slap this, you hear that sound? That's the sound of pain, actually. That's the sound of material hitting material. Natural things react to natural things. This is not unimportant. This is critical. Natural things come up against natural things. Natural power engages natural power. This is what Jesus is saying: whatsoever is flesh is flesh, and whatsoever is spirit is spirit. What does he, he say? He said, "Listen, I am bringing a kingdom of power that's going to win, but it's going to win because it's fighting the right way. Because whatsoever is flesh is flesh, but whatever is spirit is spirit. And if you bring, basically, this is what He's saying: if you bring spirit, you're going to win. But if you bring flesh," then you're encountering a dynamic in, a diff- in the wrong domain. Yes. You're fighting on the wrong plane. Yeah. And here's our problem. Let me tell you right here, right now, is we try to spiritualize our fleshly confrontations. We actually, because we believe uh, in the notion that I'm on the right side, therefore God should back me up no matter what tools I use. Right? Because my, he knows my heart. <laughs> Listen, God is not interested in backing up your heart. Because first of all, it's corrupt. He knows that, but you don't. What he wants to do is he wants to show himself strong on behalf of the elements that are native to his kingdom. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever's born of you not so much. You get more headbutting. You see, <laughs> when Jesus met up with the Pharisees and they brought arguments and accusations and I tried to catch him in this and that and the other thing, uh, he was he was he always won. Well, it's because he was so wise. No, it was because he was connected to a realm that had all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all the power. Yeah. And so every time they tried to bring something, he could see everything they were doing. And because, he said, the, this is what he said to his disciples when they were trying to, they were frustrated about it. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. In other words, he's trying to get them into the winning winning lane. He's saying, the reason I'm winning is because I'm not doing these things the way you guys do it. You know how you guys are fighting, arguing about who's the greatest? Yeah, I don't do that. You know why I don't do that? Because I don't operate on this plane. I'm not trying to be better than anybody. I serve the just judge of all. I serve the one in my heart, in my spirit, in my soul, who makes one greater than others. He is, he is the one who's in charge of promotion. He sets one up and he takes another down. Promotion doesn't come from the east and the south and the west, so I'm not fighting any of you guys. I'm not doing that. Well, I don't. You know, the, I should be the boss, and that other guy thinks he's the boss. The wisdom that's from above is willing to yield. You know why? Because it knows I'm not engaging on this plane. I'm not fighting on this plane. I'm fighting the fight of faith. I want to. I want to operate out of spirit and out of life. But here's what the enemy succeeds in doing: keeps bringing you down to his level. He, he's always bringing us down to his level. And whenever, whenever we fight on the plane of flesh, whenever we fight with varying ambitions, and I don't care what all your justifications for your ambition, I'm better, I should be making more money, why is that person the boss and I'm not? Why does that guy have this and I don't have this? When you go into that world, you are going Flesh against flesh. And then you wonder, why is my head hurting? Why, am I, why is my body hurting? I ran into that pole, but I did it in the name of Jesus. So it must have been spirit. Well, evidently not. <laughs> because what is whoever's so born of God overcomes the world. Yeah, yeah. See, the proof that you were walking in the spirit is you won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The proof that you weren't walking in the spirit is you lost. People will say, well, you know, I have a lot of sin in my life, but you know, I'm not under the law. Okay. The very fact that you have sin in your life is evidence that you're under the law. Yeah. Because it's the law that manifests sin. Anyway, that's too much for this morning. Let me, let me get back. Yeah, yeah, linear. Let's go linear. Just a little prophetic nuggets for those that are going up higher. <laughs> so every every encounter is winnable. I was thinking about this this morning because uh, last couple days, you know, when I have a moment I need a little distraction, I watch some Facebook videos. I don't know if anybody else does that. <laughs> but I'm watching these these Facebook videos and I happened to stumble across a couple here recently where some law enforcement officers who are on the right side of the law presumably, are actually engaging in the wrong spirit, in the wrong, in the wrong tone, and and so they lose in court. They lose in in the public eye. They lose in some cases their jobs because they are being brought into conflict in in an, in an immature and prideful manner. And so I'm watching these videos, and I'm thinking, oh does the the world needs mature men and women oh my goodness how the world needs mature men and women and every time i look at this i'm thinking i'm thinking this guy this police officer who's being a total turd you know could easily win this moment but he's engaged because of his insecurity and his pride right. And his insecurity and his pride is making him go outside the boundaries of what is lawful. And even though he has the right, he thinks, to do certain things, he's doing the wrong things because pride is engaged. And the reason I was thinking about that, I thought, thought, that's kind of like us. That's kind of like us. We would like to hide behind the blanket immunity of, I am a child of God. Therefore, God is on my side. But God isn't on your side. What, what? What? God is on his side. God is always on his side. This is the point of that encounter when Joshua was about to go in to take over the promised land. And, you know, he had this mindset, I'm on the winning side. I'm with God. We are the righteous. We got the law. We've got the covenant. We've got the Ark of the Covenant. We've got, you know, all these symbols of righteousness and we're going in. This is going to be great. We're going to crush. We're going to dominate. And Jesus says, meets up with him and he's thinking, I, I need to tweak this guy's understanding a little bit. So he appears to Joshua. You know the story. He appears to Joshua and Joshua sees this man, you know, and he says, are you for us or against us? And he says, no. No. I love that, and' this is all, you can write you can hear a whole sermon about this. no, i 'm not for you or against you. The question is, are you on my side? Yes. We can't hide behind this thing that well we're, because we're Christians, because you know we tithe now every stupid decision I make should be rewarded. Right. I tithe, therefore, every Crypto investment I make should make me a billionaire. Have you noticed it doesn't work? Well, it's just uh, Satan uh, somehow got in there and and wrecked God's plan. (laughs) Okay, wasn't God's plan. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. what's the principle? He said, whatever's flesh is flesh and what is spirit is spirit. The things that are born of the spirit overcome the world. The things that are born of your misguided presumption fall just as flat as anything else born of the flesh. It's just occasionally God keeps you from being totally embarrassed because, you know, he feels sorry for you. But occasionally when him... Coming to our rescue because he feels sorry for us emboldens us to do even worse things. So he says, okay. Who are you with, God? Me or them? No. I'm with me. (laughs) So, the the trick to this is understanding what's spirit and what's flesh. That's, that's the winning combination. Yeah. So God has a solution. He, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get people born again. I'm going to make them alive in the Spirit. Then I'm going to make them sons and daughters by having them be led yes. by the Spirit. Yes. Yes. That will be, in fact, the evidence that they are my sons and daughters, is that they walk in the Spirit, they love in the Spirit, they're led by the Spirit of God. Then they're going to win, win, win. Right. But we walk in the flesh, flesh, flesh. (laughs) Then we have a moment of spirit for 10 minutes on a Sunday. We get back in the car, driving home. We're back in the flesh. And we think, God, where are you? Fix this woman. (laughs) So I'm trying to fix you. Stop coming down to the other plane. (laughs) That's it. That's it. You want to win? Stay in the spirit. Ah. Mark's always about the spirit thing. So mysterious, so unknowable. No. If you were born again, you were made to hear his voice. You were made to walk in the spirit. You were made to operate on a higher plane. You are, he's calling you consistently higher to that upper plane. But let me just pause for a second, and we're going to finish in a minute. I got three examples, I think three three illustrations if you will of uh of the evidence that god is providing for you because god he trains us by saying you know uh, he's saying don't walk in the flesh we see yeah, how about what's that look like right how do i know if i'm in the flesh how do i know if i'm in the spirit you know so i know what we'll do we'll just we'll say anybody who lifts their hands is in the spirit that way it's cut and dry No, he doesn't want it to be cut and dry because he wants you to operate by an internal discernment that's not rooted here. It's not rooted in your emotions. It's not rooted in what you want. It's rooted in him. So that's what he's trying to do. Get you rooted and operating in and out of him. And so, what does he have to do? It's a trial and error thing. Say, so it's that thing I shared a couple of weeks ago, where he's saying, "Okay, okay, you're doing good. Hot, hot, warmer, warmer. Hot, 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 hot. Cooler, 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 cold, freezing. Absolutely, so, you know." So he's in your life, in your life, because we don't hear that well, and sometimes we're just not willing. You know, he he has to guide us by consequence, by evidence. And so he gives us evidence all around to show us. And I, most of what I talk about is this kind of stuff. Do you want to know if you're in the flesh? Irritation. You're irritated? Yeah, but I was right. Doesn't matter. Right and wrong is not the issue. It's life and death. Takes us a long time to learn that. Takes me a long time to learn that. I'm still learning that. There are still moments when I get in the flesh. You know? Maybe golfing, maybe playing pickleball, maybe driving. But I, 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 I'm, I, I'm more honest than I've ever been. But saying, "Well, that's not my fault. That's the God. That guy cut me off. So I, sh- I should, I'm validated in feeling hostile toward him." No, no, no. That's the thing. That hostility is the evidence that you've entered a different domain. And you, you, we want to justify. Well, yeah, but he shouldn't have said, they shouldn't have done this thing. Should not have come across me. It's all to determine how given to the spirit you really are. And God is trying to show you. Look at how easy you slip into the flesh, Marty. Remember that scene in Marty, Marty, Mc, Marty, McFly. Right? What's the matter, you chicken? Anytime somebody call him chicken, they, he gets goaded into racing. Right. Well, maybe it's not racing, and maybe it's not being called a chicken, but what is it that causes you to enter the flesh? What is it that stings your pride, that immediately brings, brings you down to that place of flesh? Yeah. Well, God wants to basically show us. Uh, that, and so he's giving you evidence all the time. So here's a couple of verses. Listen to this. Um, watch for the vultures. Watch for the vultures. Watch... For the vultures. What does that mean? Well, it's a little enigmatic, but Matthew twenty four twenty eight says, For wherever the carcass is there the eagles or the vultures will be gathered. Now, I, I looked it up this morning because I was thinking, okay, one version says eagles, the other version says vultures, and, and it's actually a word that can be interpreted either. So I don't think it actually matters one way or another, but he was talking about an end-time scenario where the armies of the earth, right, were going to gather, you know, the Valley of Megiddo. Really, I think that's what he was referring to. When When the final conflict... Before the end is coming, there's going to be a massive war between the righteous and the unrighteous, the armies of the Antichrist, etc., etc. You can read about it. But he basically said this. He says, they said, where, is it, where are they going to be taken? He's, talk, he's talking about people being taken. Where are they going? He says, where the bodies are there, they'll be gathered. What? I'm not talking about the context here. I'm just talking about a little evidence. When you're walking down, right, and you're in... Arizona, and you see a bunch of vultures circling. What does that mean? Yeah, there's a dead body over there. It could be a rabbit. It could be a large mouse. <laughs> Unlikely. Could be a dog or something. But, but the point is, wherever there's death, there's other things that gather. Wherever there's death, there is other things that gather. This is what God is trying to tell you okay i don't know how to be led by the spirit well let's try not being led by death okay learn the characteristics of death and start by avoiding that right we run into battles for jesus that actually are driven by pride and insecurity hello oh man so if that doesn't make sense you can ignore that I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter four. There's a really interesting thing. It says uh, it's talking about Cain and Abel. And you know the the whole story, but let me quickly read through it. And uh, so, uh, I'm trying to not read the whole the whole verse. Let me tell the story. So God requires a certain kind of a certain kind of a sacrifice, certain kind of a gift. And Abel provides the right one, and Cain does not, right? So it says, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain... Why are you angry? Well, don't you realize we're in a competition here? Don't you realize I feel like I deserve to win this cook-off today? How many times have you seen that, right, these cooking shows? Somebody gets eliminated and say, well, I think they made the wrong decision. These world-class professionals clearly don't know food. <laughs> it's like the guys who should be, you know... Uh, world idols, uh, magnificent stars, but they can't sing. But their mother told them they sing. Therefore, who are you to tell me I can't sing? So God says, God, the ultimate authority, says to Cain, uh, your sacrifice, what you brought to me, is not what I require. I am displeased by that. Cain gets angry. Now, I don't want to get into all the things that are behind the anger, but Entitlement? Rebellion? I'm better than God? You know, there's a few to start with. So here, here's, the, here's the point. These things lurk in behind the fabric of our lives. And God is trying to say what he said to Cain, watch out. This is what he said to him, watch out, because sin is creeping at the door. Sin is creeping at the door. It's it's looking to devour you. Why? Because wherever there's death, the vultures are gathering. He said, "The enemy is gathering. The enemy has caught the scent of the smell of of, of blood, and he's at the door of your life." Let me tell you, I have seen, I have seen so many believers, and I'm not saying here that anybody's in danger of completely losing it like Cain or anything like that. But the point is the evidence is always there right in front of us. The evidence is always there when your pride is stung. When you don't get something because, well, the church. You know how many people are bitter and angry because they thought they should have been the next uh, Bob Jones or the next Benny Hinn or the next something or other? And they're They're fully justified. It, like Cain you should have picked me you're wrong except I don't want to say that I'll just be mad at Abel it's a lot easier to be mad at Abel and pretend it's about Abel you deceived God so we have this hostility towards our neighbor because we're not willing to deal with the truth that we're walking in something that we shouldn't and now Death is at the door. Death is at the door. So, God has created this system where He shows us all the time. The evidence is always around you. That's why it says wisdom's voice cries in the streets. Why? Because the knowledge you need to stay on the path is always right there. But that stubborn, prideful rebellion, yeah, no. I'm right. I'm right. I'm going to go start my own home group, my own church, get five or six people, get them to call me apostle. It's been done over and over and over and over and over and over. God has got me on this short leash where He is. You remember when Gideon came a few years ago and he said. He said, You know, when God first started dealing with myself, my, my, my anger, my flesh, I gave myself 10 minutes. And then now I was down to 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 five minutes. And, and he said, Now I give myself 20 seconds to deal with offense. I, 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 I will not allow any negative feeling towards anybody, basically, is what he's saying as soon as I feel a negative feeling towards somebody I start dealing with that like right now why how did he get there how did he get to this place where he's walking in such godliness because he cut off all the death in his life he didn't give himself options or justifications for for operating in the flesh now here's the last one so so death's you know the vultures watch the vultures the vultures are a sign they're, they're coming to feed on the flesh of dead men and he's saying listen death is at the door why because like a moth to flame right the, the vultures the crickets the ants they're always coming for dead things you see a trail of ants along the ground you, you know they're going for some feast well, it might be honey but, but usually it's some dead caterpillar or something and they're carting it off I don't want to be a dead caterpillar for demonic spirits to camp over. The last scripture, and this is one of my favorites, James chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. James deals with this whole thing incessantly, continuously. The whole book of James is about this. It's about strife, it's about division, and he points to where it comes from. He said, listen, it's it's in your heart. Pride. Pride and your heart. There, there's, there's no possibility of strife without you having selfish ambition inside of you. So this is what he says. Uh, I won't maybe read the whole thing. Maybe I will. Let me see. Okay, I'll have to read the whole thing. <laughs> because there's a really important context. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Now, he's appealing to their... Listen, listen, the evidence is right there, the proof. Deal with your stuff because it's, it's hanging out everywhere. It's obvious to anybody who is mature, deal with your stuff. So if you're wise, let him show that his good conduct, uh, that is in, by his good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. He's saying, listen, God's got this flawless system of promotion that causes people who walk in humility and brokenness to find satisfaction in God in a restful place. doesn't mean they'll be the greatest, but you know what? With godliness and contentment is great gain. Yeah. And one of the things that happens when you're really walking with God is you're not competing for other people's right. positions. Right. You're not envious. Yeah. You're not actually looking to displace somebody. Yeah. That guy's a loser. I should be there. All, let, me, let me make it clear. All of that is demonic. Yeah. All of it. Not just some of it. All of it. It's all demonic. Yes, it so what do you want to surround yourselves with, he's saying. He's saying, guys, do you want demons hanging around, feeding off your, your sorry wounds? And that's a literal picture. That's literally what happens. Demonic spirits are like sharks drawn to blood. And there's a prophetic picture in the Old Testament where you couldn't go into the temple if you had an open wound. Why? It's a picture of a spiritual reality where demonic powers are drawn to woundedness. And woundedness only continues if you refuse to repent. If you refuse to accept healing. If you refuse the truth that sets you free. This is the beauty of this thing. If you'll know the truth, then the truth will set you free. In other words, there's no excuse for not being free. Well, it's because of my dad. Okay, so let's give you the truth, then you'll be free, and it doesn't matter what your dad did. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Don't you know how much that hurt me? Okay, so you don't want to be free. All right, Uh, there we go. Does that take time? Uh, It takes a whole lifetime. It's not going to happen in a week because, you know, we acclimatize to the truth. Anyway, I... linear this is what he says listen to this don't boast or lie against the truth in other words if you're operating in envy and all the evidence is all around don't lie to yourself about it that wisdom that that approach is wrong he said not only is it wrong this wisdom does not descend from above but it's earthly sensual and demonic whoa I guess I don't want any of that. But the wisdom. Oh, well, this is what I want to read. Next verses. For where envy and self seeking are, exist rather, confusion and every evil thing are there. God has a system so that you can know where you stand. Is there envy? Is there irritation? you always getting mad at your husband, your wife, your children? You know, are you blaming the boss for your, your, your situation? Like, who, who are you mad at? Well, I have to be mad at, at Abel because I kind of know God is right, but I suspect he might be wrong. Otherwise, he'd put me in charge. So God is saying, listen, every battle is winnable. You can win and win and win and win. And the only way, the only thing that keeps you from winning is you get brought from a place of operating in the spirit to operating in the flesh. Whatsoever is flesh is flesh, and whatsoever is spirit is spirit. So God is trying to say, listen, what would it feel like winning? Continuously. And by winning, I'm not saying dominating other people. I'm saying being free and being happy, enjoying your life, prospering in your soul, loving people, growing in intimacy, successful in life. God has created a prescription for every single one of us to have that. And He's saying, hey, hey, Christians. There's no alternate reason we fail. Whatsoever is born of God always overcomes the world. Always (laughs) overcomes the world. So every time I get into a scenario and I feel like, man, that person, what is it about that person that always gets me off my equilibrium? They are your gift. They are there to expose your Achilles heel. They are not your enemy. They are God's answer to your prayer for victory. You, he says, well, just find out what they're getting at. Because if they can tap into that, then Satan can tap into that. So I'm not going to send you into the heated battle against principality of powers if you can't overcome the manipulative secretary at your work. <laughs> right? I mean, this is the beauty. Nobody has the authority to engage you unless you walk in the flesh. Nobody has, can rule over you. Nobody can subjugate you to other emotions that come from them. Nobody can defile you. Nobody can change your mood unless you allow it. And God is saying, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, walking in the Spirit, free, absolutely free. Father, I thank you, God, for this simple truth. Lord, that whatever is flesh is flesh, and whatever is spirit is spirit. God, thank you that you have given us uh, an answer For everything that ails us, Lord, everything necessary for life and godliness is already provided in you. God, I pray Lord, that this church, and I'm going to keep preaching it, but God, I pray that this church would be a people who love the truth who follow hard after you, who say, that's it, I am going to deal with my stuff. I'm going to stop blaming my wife, my children, my boss, my parents, my work, my circumstances, my race, my age, my height, the fact that I have hair, the fact that I don't have hair, my foot size, my earlobes. I'm going to stop blaming anything and everything and take charge of my life and become... A victorious Son of God see god 's going to have a group of people who will do everything that 's in his heart he's just he 's looking who really wants this? who really wants this amen so let 's stand up together and let 's say yes to him let 's say yes to the Lord father we we choose the truth today. We choose, we choose the reality that, that we can be overcomers. We choose, Lord, the, 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 uh, the prescription you have for health and victory for us. God, we pray, make us overcomers. Make us a part of the company of men and women, Lord, against which the enemy will have no power, no weapon, No victory because we are walking in the spirit and we know the things that are born of God. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Chris, why don't you come and say goodbye to us for the day.
0: Bless you all. Well, we are breaking out of strongholds and mindsets that are trying to hold us into systems and structures that we have given into over time and so now we are in the process of working that out the battle is on it's in front of us it's around us but we are making a choice first of all we now recognize that it's there the next part of it is we have to choose to fight and choosing to fight means we give everything into separating ourselves from a world that we've attached ourselves to and then reattach ourselves to a whole new world where everything changes, where that power that Pastor Mark is talking about, the power that is within you and I, we will see it at work day by day and night by night. Amen? So, Father God, we choose to say yes to fighting against these strongholds these very things that want to hold us down. They want to keep us from our future in you, God. They want to keep us stuck at home. They want to keep us in depression and anxiety. They want to keep us in fear. They want to keep us in doubt. They want to keep us in frustration, believing that he'll never come through. But we choose to say no to those thoughts and those mindsets. We choose to say yes to you, Lord, and we choose to engage in the battle, which means we will put aside the things of the world, and we will choose you. We will choose you. We will choose you. We will will fight through those mindsets that pull us back to those things we all love. And we are going to choose you in Jesus' name. We declare it and prophesy that over yourself right now. We prophesy that we will walk in this, that we will not go back, that we will not give up, but we will go forward and we will fight in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Be blessed and encouraged. Have an amazing Sunday.